Yes. Oh, I'm first. <laughs> you are first. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, I'm Kat. And I'm Addie. Welcome to the latest episode of Club Dead, the True Blood rewatch podcast that nobody asked for, but we are giving you. Because we are gift givers. Our language of love is gift giving. Is gift giving. We <laughs> don't bring we up conversations. That out. Yeah, we were talking <laughs> about this yesterday. We were like, my love language is this. And just how it had shaped us as terribly awful human beings. Look, I um, found a really important TikTok today. And it was like, you know you've matured when you notice your toxic traits. And I was like, oh, oh. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm just more self-aware of them now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so I want to bring up something we were discussing today. I totally oh, forgot that Alexander Skarsgård was in Zoolander. <laughs> I look until you showed me the 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 gif, the gif. I was just like, oh my god, it is him. Yeah, it's the orange mocha frappuccinos bit, and he's just like, oh, you guys, and then they all die in the gasoline fight, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably one of my favorite comedy scenes in a long time zoolander is highly underrated um yeah yeah, i was like i was watching binging with babish today just like i was like on my lunch break and i was just like watching things and then it came up with the orange mocha frappuccinos and it's that whole like scene and i'm like oh fuck right alexander skarsgård's in that (laughs) and he's dancing so well i don't know about so well uh i love it that's, but yeah, so last, too much. <laughs> last I, I would I would hundred percent give him everything. Uh, <laughs> in that outfit though. I mean he wouldn't be wearing it for long. I mean what? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm a perv. I'm an absolutely <laughs> I'm a dirty old woman. <laughs> but it's fine. He's a thousand eight Eric is a thousand years old. It's like fine. four thousand years old at least. Actually, that's me lying again. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's me not fact checking anything but we look we've talked about this i don't fact check i myself. fact checked a couple of things <laughs> they turned out that no, i should have done it beforehand but i i researched <laughs> i researched dicks so hard um <laughs> phrasing <laughs> we're just not doing phrasing anymore <laughs> phrasing no don't even worry that went out the window that phrasing's out the window oh. don't worry Okay, let's get into this yes. episode. So this is season one, episode six, Cold Ground. Suki's grandmother becomes the latest victim of the serial killer, but despite Sam Lott's and Bill's leading, uh, pleading, rather, Suki insists on staying in the house. Yeah. Let's um, preface this episode with a little bit of a content warning as mm-hmm. there are allusions to child abuse and child sexual assault. There's a little bit of domestic yeah. violence in there as well, as just well. just for flavour. Um, so if any of those things trigger you or bring up negative feelings, you are more than happy to just listen from the beginning of this podcast where there are uh, series when we don't talk about such awful things uh, and skip the episodes that don't, you know, mesh with you. That's fine. Yeah. We forgive you. We, we hold nothing against you. We, are, we don't nope. judge. We are here to protect. Exactly. Protect and serve the good people of Bontome. Yes. And, and Shreveport. And- and Al. <laughs> and Al. The good people of like Mississippi and Louisiana. Um, so this is really super sad. So we're picking back up from episode five where Gran has been murdered by the serial killer, which is, uh, I just fucking, I posted this in a Discord uh, last week about how much I hate remembering 
these episodes and watching them because you fall in love with the characters and then you've got to come to terms with the fact that they die. It's very Game of Thrones. You couldn't have a favourite on that because they were going to rip that one out from under you, which was the only thing Game of Thrones had going for it, to be honest. To be fair, yes. It's like Stephen (laughs) King. He is one of those people that uh, creates these amazing protagonists and then just just kills them. Kills them and you're just just like, are you fucking kidding me? My my favourite part of this is that, like, they pan to all of the blood and there's Grand Lay in the pool of blood and Sookie's there. And then there's Tina drinking blood. Yeah, Tina's like... Delicious, delicious, delicious blood. Um, and then there is some delightful acting from Anna Paquin again where she, like, collapses to the floor really awkwardly. Yeah. I mean, she could have just stayed standing. But she I, does... I, I understand that, I understand, like, it is such an overwhelming thing that you can't, but she sort of, like, falls that she doesn't, like, it's such a acted, scripted fall. Mm, It's a bit bit awkward. Um, But, um, she, she screams, doesn't she? Because Bill hears her. No, I think Bill feels the, 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 the overwhelmingness of it and he shows up and then she screams because Bill grabs her by the shoulders like a freak. Um... Just like somebody who has clearly assessed the situation. Yes. Well, then I think he realizes what's happening. Yeah. Um, because he's just holding her. And then um, as he's holding her, someone enters the front of the house. It's Sam, our favorite person, who I fucking hate in this episode so oh, much. God, oh, God. I have, I have, I have notes. I have as feelings. All, the, the, the tagline of this is, I have notes and feelings. I have notes and feels. Uh, and I, thoughts. So, oh, Sam, I just want to punch in this episode. I mean, I want to punch him every episode, but this one in particular. And yeah, like like the last one and this one. He's he's the, yeah. the, we don't have a Bill toxometer. We have like a Sam toxometer, yeah. and they like work off each other. These are very scientific uh, references, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, entirely subjective, uh, objective rather, and not um, just done on our whims. No, we are scientists of True Blood and Sam and Bill. Yeah, um, and we're also doctors. Yes. <laughs> Which is a reference to another episode. Toxic men. <laughs> we are doctors of toxic men. Uh, Bill grabs him by the throat, uh, and he just says he was making sure Suki got home safe. The door was open. Why was he still there? Well, I can so I can understand oh, that's that. Right. Like, yeah, because because Suki left him in the street that's when right, he acted yeah. like a predator, um, <laughs> and she's like, fuck it, I'm going to go get a cab, and Sam calls her stupid. Yeah, um, because favorite. that's clearly what gentlemen do on a date. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she she got home. We like come home like at the end of the episode, last episode. She gets out of the taxi. She walks up the steps and she sort of slips in the blood. Yeah. So yeah. Sam has clearly followed her home. Yeah. Um, he sees the blood and asks what happened. He kind of has a look on his face, like Suki, what did you what did you do? Yeah, because Bill did this. Yeah, because Bill's got him by the throat, and Suki has like blood from her knees down. And he's like, yeah. "What the hell did I just walk into?" Yeah, and it's just the look on his face where I was like, "I'm gonna slap you." Yeah, it's 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 this shock and awe sort of thing, and I'm like, "Don't act like you're like coming in on something that you probably shouldn't have known on. Like you shouldn't be here." Yeah. You were not uh, invited. So she clearly made her intentions known that she wanted you to stay the fuck away. Like, ow, I keep hitting my watch. Um, but yeah, and then it cuts to the delightful theme. Yes. The and then, theme. And then I feel really bad because Adele feels like the moral compass of the show. Yeah. Yes. Um, and to lose that six episodes in is really hard. 
because Adele is very open-minded and welcoming and all that kind of stuff. And you have all these characters who kind of rotate around her and she's the moral center. Yeah, absolutely. And Soki goes to her for a lot of advice. And I think that over the next few episodes, we see that start to tether where she is losing herself and trying to rediscover who she is without her grandmother. Yeah, that definitely. Moral compass. Yeah. And especially because she's a parent figure and she says that, you know, like um, Adele was her best friend and all this kind of stuff when they're at the funeral. Like, Itsuki has to come to terms now that she doesn't have this guiding light in her life. Mm. She is now on her own. Yeah, absolutely. It's really sad. Um, Sam puts a blanket around her and suggests she goes upstairs and lay down. Um, so he's listening in and she hears Andy Belfour with other police officers in the kitchen, um, basically saying how disturbed they are about the whole situation. Some are saying, um, you know, even though the Stackhouse kids are crazy, they didn't deserve this. I had the exact same note down. I'm like, that's a lovely thing to say, Andy. Yeah, great, thanks. Uh, He also thinks that they have a serial killer. And and the one thing that I really like about Andy is that he he hasn't got his eyes set on Bill for this. No. Um, He is acutely aware that there is a connection for vampires, but it isn't necessarily that a vampire is doing this. Yeah. Um, Which is counterpointed by Bud, who is like, no, this was a vampire. You know, yeah. it could be Vampire Bill. Like, he's the, only, he's the only vampire I assume that Bud has had interaction with. Yeah. So that is where his brain goes. It's like they 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 were talking about this when they interviewed Bill a couple of episodes back where Andy um, was talking about it with, um, Deer, uh, with Sheriff Dearborn and they're like, well, you know, it's got to be a vampire. That's the only thing that can happen. And it's like, no, well, Jason's also connected to this. And he's yeah. still connected to this while not sexually, thank God. Um, <laughs> but... Now two of Jason's sexual partners have died and his grandmother. Like this seems yeah. to be rotating around Jason. Yeah. And and it's, uh, yeah, a bit further on in this where, where we do see Jason's reaction and him finding out what's going on is quite interesting. What a way to find out though. Yeah. Yikes. So it cuts again like, Andy and everybody are talking, um, but now we're sort of on the porch with Suki with the wrapper, with the blanket wrapped around her and Sam comes out and he's like, look, if there's anything you need from me, like, let me know. Like, he's trying to sort of, like, brown nose her, like, get, get in her good books again. But he's thinking about how soft her skin is. Yeah, and because he does how reach over so- to touch her. And, and how he's so remorseful. Is- yeah, because uh, Suki does hear him, but he also says, I should have never left you alone. I lost my temper and I shouldn't have. And Suki's like, do you think you could apologize to me some other time? Yeah, my grandmother has just died. Can you, like, not feel sorry for yourself? And then she asks for Bill. <laughs> yeah, and, and the look on Sam's face is just like, fuck, I fucked this up. I hate yeah. it because Sam, realistically, he, has apo- he wants to apologize. I don't know if it's for the right reasons. I don't know if he's motivated by the right reasons. Yeah. But his friend is having a crisis and all he's doing it is making it about him. Yeah, that, exactly. It's just like, can you just do this some other time? Like when, Preferably when my grandmother isn't still being drained on the floor. Like isn't bleeding everywhere and her blood's collag- co- co- coagulating. Say, thank you. I have a habit of not being able to say a lot of words, but being able words, to words are hard. them. <laughs> English, English is hard. <laughs> English is 14 languages wrapped up in a trench coat trying to get into an R-rated movie. Oh my god, that sounds about right, doesn't it? <laughs> oh lord. Um, so Sam yeah. goes and gets Bill, and there is this dick measuring contest. I literally wrote, "There's." Uh, did I write dick measuring contest? Maybe in my like physical notes, I did. Um, 
because Sam is like telling Bill to stay away from her and Bill says you know Sookie doesn't take too kindly to people telling her what to do yeah so Bill Bill is examining a clue basically and it doesn't get brought up again yeah. nobody nobody but Bill acknowledges this he's in Sookie's room and he's noticed that a a fly screen has been cut yeah um, and then Sam comes in, he's like, oh, she's asking for you. And they have like this whole dick measuring contest. Oh, yeah. I don't know how Bill is the better person in this con- in, this, in this conversation. <laughs> like um, he's actually empathetic and he's just like, I don't, you know. Well, he says to Sam, well, then you'll also know this is neither the time nor the place for you to mark your territory. Yeah, it's an alpha Bill thing. knows something. To- yeah, he's, he's, Bill is acting like a gentleman for once. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like Sam's whole alpha thing goes on for way too long for my liking. Like the whole the whole alpha thing goes on for way too long. Um, I can understand why it's there because they're both vying for her attention. Yes, yeah. But it is it is tiring. It is exhausting to it's watch. Pathetic. I can't imagine being sooky. I just feel like I'm packing my shit and I'm out of here because fuck this shit. Yeah, right. Like someone's just died. Put your shit aside, and and it's just like Bill has been able to do that. And at the moment, like, he is well aware that Sookie is, like, not only uh, processing this, but also not interested in him romantically at the moment. Yeah, they've had the discussion that, like, Sookie doesn't want anything to do with him. And the first person who comes to Sookie's rescue is Bill, but that's because of vampire blood. But he is actively putting aside his bullshit to Mm. make sure that Sookie is safe. Yeah, and it's kind of like, okay, Belle, you don't get a toxometer this episode. You are you are low on the toxometer. There's still some toxometer shit for like some for some dick measuring stuff, but like you are you were like a solid one or two right now. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, down, <laughs> down in the kitchen, Mike, the coroner, is noting that Grand put up a hell of a fight. Andy thinks Jason might have done it, and the sheriff thinks Grandma might have upset someone by having vampire Bill in the church. Yeah, so. Andy, Andy thinking that Jason's done it continues along his line of, well, everybody is now related to Jason. Yeah. Bud is, well, everybody has some association with a vampire. Mm. And Adele doesn't have a sexual relationship, but she has been warm and opening to vampires. Yeah. And it's kind of good to see that Bud is going in this different line of thinking rather than just assuming that Bill is the one that did it. Yeah, so he's he's kind of off Vampire Bill for the time being, but he's still like, no, nah, there's a vampire connection. Like there's yeah. a there's a vampire, and oh, it's so close but so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the sheriff asks Bill a few questions about what happened that night, and he said that he got there right after Suki found Adele, and he said that he did hear a car from his house and. Uh, Bud and Andy are like, you can hear that far? <laughs> He's like, super hyper mouse, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Bud says, you know, some quite inappropriate things along the line of uh, bloodsucker and your people. And he's also like, oh, she was welcoming to you, right? Like, she was encouraging of you. And it's like, are you accusing this woman of, like, untoward things? I will fight for Grandma. I, I will I fight will. for, I will fight for Adele. She is the hill I will die on. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Bill brings up the fact that whoever did this is targeting women who associate with vampires, and he doesn't think that Adele was the attended victim, which is interesting. Which is interesting. And again, that comes back to Bill like finding the cut in yeah. Suki's thing, uh, Suki's Suki's fly screen. 
yeah, so Suki wouldn't have been home when the intruder entered through Suki's window and was kind of probably hoping that Suki would be. Yeah, because he could just like get into the window, give her a couple of stabs, choke her out, whatever, and then duck yeah, out. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so Suki is outside and she realizes that she should probably call Jason. Sam volunteers to do it for her, which I thought was really compassionate of him because there wouldn't be anything worse than having to call your sibling and tell them their grandmother's dead. I mean, it's probably the least Sam can do considering he's thought about, you know, how soft Sookie's skin is and dick measuring against Bill all night. So, you know, the least you could do is call your friend's brother. Um, Funny story. This morning I was FaceTiming my sister and I was telling her, oh, you know, grandma wasn't feeling too well last night. And I was like, you have to stay on the phone. I'm going to go check on her. And if she's dead, at least we're finding her together. (laughs) Is grandma all right, though? Yeah, she's fine. Okay, good. (laughs) She just slept a little longer than I thought she would. So I was like, <laughs> uh, you know what? I should go see if she's all right. Yeah. And like I opened the door and she was awake and I was like, uh, did you die in your sleep? And she's like, nope. And I was like, okay, don't worry. We're cool. all good. Cool. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Jason's cell phone is ringing while he's in asleep in bed with the woman from the alleyway in last episode. Oh, what's, what's her name? Uh, uh, Randy, Randy, Randy Sue? Randy Sue. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. I've got it written somewhere in my notes. I think it's Randy Sue. Yeah, because he calls her in the next episode and she mentions her own name. And I was like, ah, that's her name. (laughs) She wasn't given anything until that point. And she goes and tells Jason off about it. Yeah. Uh, He partially wakes up and hells the the phone through like a window. Yeah, like through some shutters and then just like rolls over. (laughs) Just goes back to sleep bare ass naked. Bare ass naked. He does have a nice butt. Yeah. Um, I didn't realise, I went and researched what Ryan Quanton was up to these days. I didn't know he was in the Blinky Bill movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He's done, he's, his Instagram has done nothing in like a year. Oh. Um, I was like writing, reading his IMDb and yeah, he was in like the Blinky Bill movie. Wow. Was he Blinky Bill? I don't remember. I just oh. remember him being in the Blinky Bill movie. <laughs> I mean, you know where your career is heading if you're in a Blinky Bill movie. Uh, you're representing Australia in one of its finest IPs. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Blinky Bill as a kid. I would have gone for Little Elvis, but, you know. This is why this is why we've got two co-hosts, because they're clearly two different people. <laughs> We're very different people. We're very we, different people. Are we going to have a fight in the car park later about Blinky Bill? Yeah, but we'll we'll, we'll get over it and we'll just, like... Talk about our love for emo bands. It'll be fine. And we'll, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. At least we know it'll end well. <laughs> exactly. It'll be. It'll just be us and like three other people in a car park screaming My Chemical Romance lyrics. <laughs> I really like. I want to sing um, uh, "Box of Sharp Objects" by The Used. I okay. Uh, completely off tangent of True Blood. I rate The Used over MCR. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, you... I've been told I've been told that I am like wrong, and I'm like, nah, no. No. If you're a real emo, real emo, like it's a thing. But if you're an old school <laughs> emo, the used along with like bands like Thrice and Taking Back Sunday and Thursday, then oh, you are an old Thursday. emo. Taking Back Sunday, good. Yeah. I love I love TBS. Um, oh, I'm gonna listen to them while I edit tonight. That sounds like a good idea. I might do that <laughs> while I'm while I'm on my Animal Crossing date. Oh. But uh, fun fact, Bert McCracken lives in Kellyville. Really? Yes, which means he goes to the same Woolworths as my partner. 
and we've never seen him in like the last six years. So I don't know what he's doing. You're just gonna go to Woolworths every day. <laughs> just call me. Ned has a plan like, to like look who we saw. Ned has a plan to like make friends with him and invite him over for dinner. <laughs> Can you invite me? Yeah, sure. Sorry, this is a totally like random aside of True Blood. Um, well, let's get back into it. Yeah, because this part's really um, sad. Um, it when is. They bring out Adele's body because the coroner is bringing them out, and and he is pol- Andy is polite enough to come out and let Sookie know, like, hey, we're bringing her out now. Um, was it Andy or was it Sam? Oh, maybe it was Sam. One of them was, and mm. then um, what's his face, the coroner, whose name I've completely forgotten because he does not Mike. deserve a name. Mike Spencer. Uh, that's right, Mike Spencer. Um, I was happy not knowing his name. Um, <laughs> is is bringing out the body, and I think she's on a gurney this time. Yes, they don't. I just, don't think you know. Pack her I, in a sack and whack her in the back. Yeah, oh, that's rhymed. Well done. <laughs> You're welcome. English um, teaching skills. <laughs> but I I love this part where Suki's like, oh, I'm just gonna stay here because Sam and like I think Andy says you should go find someone to stay with, and Suki's like. I'm safe here is anywhere. And I'm like, would yes. they just let her stay in an active crime scene while there is blood <laughs> on the floor? Um, like, like yeah. so cleaning up her grandmother's blood is a biohazard. Yes. Normally a team of biohazard cleaners would come in and do that for, and that's normally paid for by the state or the city or whatever as well. A la Sunshine Cleaning Service if you haven't seen that movie. Um, I'm going to watch it because I follow a guy on TikTok who does biohazard cleaning and I'm like, this is my jam. It is, it is, a, it is a pretty interesting movie. Um, but, but also, also yeah. uh, the coroner's assistant was the emo kid from Fantasia and because he's like, oh, please hope she doesn't please. recognize me. Yeah, he's like one of the, the, the first emo kids you see as he like walks away from the bar because I think he sees Suki and is like. Oh. Yeah, yes, yeah. And just directs he's himself. He's like, oh. And, like, she would care. She's just like, I can hear thoughts anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've, I know what you've done. It's fine. It's all right. Um, I love this scene with Bud because it is such a good juxtaposition of the way I think the human psyche works. So he says, dumb luck you're not in that bag right now, screwing that vampire. You could be next. And he says yeah. this in his head, and then he turns around and very solemnly says, like, we're truly sorry about your grandmother. Yeah. But, I mean, he can I... be truly sorry about that and still think that about Suki. <laughs> but... It's very much this whole thing about, like, people think the nastiest things in their head first. Yes, absolutely. And, like, I'm I'm guilty of it. And part of it is just unlearning toxic habits. Yeah. Um, But, and I'm also just, like, not a confrontational person. So I have arguments with myself in my head about things that happened six years ago. Oh, I am confrontational. Um, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will confront for the right reasons. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, that's where I am. But yeah, like if if in this situation I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, dumb luck you're not in that bag. I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm glad she's okay. Because yeah, nobody it, has really said that. Nobody has acknowledged that Suki was meant to be the like intended and she's still target. Alive. Yeah, and you know, they're asking if she's okay. Everything else was like dancing around that fact, except for the yeah. conversation between Bill and the sheriff's department. Mm. Um but yeah, like they they discuss it, and I think it's this is especially with Bud being seen kind of like he's the sheriff. He shouldn't be thinking these things. really awful things. Yeah. It's just like you, you cannot be a dick. It's easy to not be Yeah, a you dick. can just you can just you can just shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Don't even don't even. Uh unfortunately Bill has to leave because it's almost dawn. Uh Suki sends more, more more whipping it out. 
yeah, he's just like, bye, gotta go, good luck, um, <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, because Bill, Bill is like telling Sam to look after her, and yeah. Sam is having this whole again. They're just whipping it out to measure it. And if I was Suki, I'd be like, you know what, I'm done. Ah, uh, can you? I would rather. Off? I would rather deal with my grandmother dying all over again than watching two alpha two males try toxic masculinity with each other out. Oh yeah, it's gross. Um, so Suki sends Sam for the mop so she can clean up, and she wipe. She starts to wipe up her grandmother's blood on her hands and knees in the kitchen. Now, in the book, um, Sam isn't at the house. He comes over afterwards, and okay. Suki's talking about how she can't sleep, and he was like, "Okay, well, what we're going to do is we're going to clean every like." centimeter of this house until there's nothing left to clean so that she'll wear herself out and eventually pass out well that's the thing as well you see when Suki gets stressed or there's something she can't deal with she goes to cleaning yeah cleaning cleaning is her her anxiety relief like I Mm. like baking some people like um drawing that kind of thing I like crying Um, yeah crying in the bottom of the shower is a a top one especially if you've got a sippy cup full of cocktails yeah I don't Uh, cry but if I had a sippy cup full of cocktails it would probably get me drunk enough to almost cry yeah it's it's just really good when like you're sitting in the bottom of a hot shower and you've got you've got to have that you've got to have a screw top because otherwise yeah, all the shower get water, water gets in, in the, yeah and you don't want to be diluting down your cocktails and you don't want it warm either no um icy cold any less about my alcoholism um <laughs> so, he, so but yeah so Suki so is like this isn't how grand would want people to see her house exactly yeah. um so she's she's straight into it, and she's still doing it in the dress she was in when she was on the date with Sam, and when she last saw Grand and all that kind of stuff. She's doing it. It was really just like pretty dress, and yeah, sort of the 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 juxtaposition between how cute Suki looks while she's on her hands and knees cleaning Company up her blood. grandmother's blood <laughs> yeah. is such a it's just such a really well placed scene. Yeah, yeah. She it's really sad because I could. And the thing is, and I will bring this up again, is that Suki still hasn't processed this loss yet. No, she she really hasn't. And you can tell that it happens It happens in the future, but there's definitely this, I'm going to ignore it until it becomes an issue. Exactly. Until it feels real. Yeah, um, exactly. Healthy, healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. And I love that the next day we see everyone in the town at their fucking house, which is such a... It must be a southern thing because if that happened in my house, I'd be like, all of you get the fuck out. I literally have the same thing. I'm like, maybe it's just death culture is different in Australia. Like yeah. when when my grandmother died, I had friends offering to come over and keep me company, but I was like, don't, mm, no. like, no. Like I appreciated that, but I just wanted to bake, basically. Yeah. I made so many goddamn cookies. <laughs> um, but like if half the town was in my leaving room after my grandmother died with a tuna cheese casserole i would have pitched a fit oh i just would have been like what the fuck are you all doing here i don't even Bunch know of half of you, but it is small town it makes sense so my my favorite thing though is once again maxine fortenberry <laughs> she comes in and she's got this tuna cheese casserole and she hands it to Suki and she's thinking that she can't see the blood she should have gotten here earlier <laughs> I was like, fuck, that would have been me. She's she's such a vulture and I love yeah. it. She is such a well-written character. She is. Like, she is a shitty ass character. Yeah, you're I meant to you're meant her. to hate her, yeah. but like I love I love that she is this character. She's so good. She's like there's a, there's another scene later in the later in the series where she's like taking photographs of a crime scene <laughs> because it happened next door to her. She's like, get out of the way, Andy. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? She straight up tells Andy off. She's like, 
I went, I taught you in Sunday school, piss off. <laughs> and then goes back to k- taking photos of the crime scene. Yeah. It was she's such a funny. vulture. I love her. Oh, she's great. And I, yeah, I really love the way they write her because she is like, the thing she says is out of like pure ignorance. Like, it's just because she just has no other world. She knows no other world. She knows nothing else. And she has no filter. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But Maxine, Maxine is the catalyst for kind of Suki's realization that Adele is gone. Yeah. Because Maxine is rifling through the fridge to make room for her delicious tuna cheese casserole. Um, I'd eat that. Oh, no. No. Don't. No. No. Um, (laughs) But she's got this pie that Gran had made and Suki turns around. So he turns around and goes, Maxine Fortenberry, you put that pie down, goes over, snatches the pie, and is like standing in the door going, that was Grant's pie. I'm like, sweetheart. I cried so much in that scene. I've had catalysts like that. But it's been like a couple of weeks after things have happened because I've had to just keep going forward. So yeah. it was like, I think when my when my grandmother died, I was like, I was dealing with the will or something like that and the the will had come through and it was this acknowledgement that my grandmother had finally died like she had passed yeah. from her illness and stuff like that and it was simultaneously like a weight had lifted and my heart sank yeah it was this really weird combination of emotions because I was like I'm acknowledging that my grandmother has died and the grieving process could officially start yeah and that's important and and the thing with grieving processes is you can just let it start whenever you're ready. And it is entirely unique to everybody. Some people yeah. don't feel like they have to cry. Some people, I again, I feel, and again, death culture in Australia is quite different to how death culture yeah. in the US is and things like that. But like growing up around death as early as I did, um, my, my, my dad was killed when I was really, really little. Um, I've always been openly grieving I will, I will yeah. outwardly grieve, but like someone like yourself who says, you know, you don't cry, you might do it in an entirely different way. Yeah. Um, my grandfather um, recently passed away and I didn't really feel anything. And that I remember, I, I remember us talking about that. You yeah. were like, I don't, I, I don't know what to feel. And it's like, that's it. That's part of the that's grieving okay. process. <laughs> that's entirely okay. That is, if that is part of your grieving process where you don't feel anything, you feel too much, you don't know what to feel like. Yeah. That's totally fine. That is, that is, but we've always been told that if we aren't openly and outwardly grieving, yeah. if we aren't the grieving widow or the grieving child, we're not doing it correctly. And that yeah. is so harmful. Oh yeah. Especially because like um, a lot of people in my family didn't really grieve my grandfather's passing. Maybe because he's been sick for so long. It was kind of like a, I knew it was coming. My grieving process had already started and yeah, my- it was totally fine. My friend was similar. His one of his grandparents passed away. I think his grandmother passed away um, a few weeks ago, and he said the same thing. He's like, "No, I'm fine. Like, I'm sad, but we knew this was coming. We have yeah. grieved it out." Yeah. Um, and I was the same. Like, we knew my grandmother was on her last days, and I got to introduce her to Jason, and I got to say goodbye and things like that. And then I think like a week later, she passed. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that you like, even if you know it was coming, you were allowed to grieve in whatever way you want. Any way you grieve is healthy. Yeah. Because it's, unless you're doing something harmful to yourself or others. Don't do anything harmful to yourself or others. Partake in, you know, partake in illicit drugs if you must, but do it responsibly. Be responsible. 
Don't shot an entire canister of V. I think I'd throw up if I tried to do that. Yeah, same. Like anyway, too much liquid, and my body would just be like, "Get out of me." Um, <laughs> we 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 cut to a scene where Suki has run upstairs, and Lafayette and Tara follow her, and she's sitting on the bed, and she's holding this pie, and she goes, so "Grand's Grand's gone. Grand's really gone." Yeah, and that broke my heart. Yeah. Because that fight, that realization finally hit. Yeah, and that's 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 that part where I was talking about. It was like a weight had lifted, but my heart sank. It's hard to deal with that. Yeah, I think it's you know they talk about these five stages of grief, and I think they're actually real. And that's I don't think they're as cut and dry. Yes, I think you can definitely go through them like in whatever order you want if you're yeah. accepting it at first and you're angry and you're bargaining and all this kind of stuff there is absolutely a way to do it mm. and that is unique to you. you go through those stages like they are they are universal but you do it in your own way yeah and this is definitely Suki's part of Suki this whole episode is Suki's acceptance stage mm-hmm. very much so but I love that um you know, Suki says she doesn't know what she's going to do and Tara tells her to quit worrying about being appropriate. Being so so appropriate, this isn't an appropriate time. Yeah. And she's like, I shouldn't have lost it like that. And Tara says, don't you, don't you feel sorry for yelling at that snoopy old bitch? She's been sticking her nose in where it don't belong for years. And Lafayette says, say it. I mean, if she talked any more shit, she'd be shaped like a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true. Again, we love to hate Maxine Fortenberry, but that is who she's designed to be. And absolutely, yeah, Tara, yeah. Tara, and Lafayette are just spitting truths. It's so funny. And then Lafayette takes out a little bag of uh, pills, vitamins, because she says, "I can't block out the voices." And he says, "Your wish is my command." And he says, "Oh, Suki says, oh no, I don't do drugs." I called, says, I called Lafayette the fairy drug mother. <laughs> True. Uh, because Lafayette says, Sock, relax. This is not drugs. This is just a Valium. <laughs> and that just goes to say, like, what Lafayette considers to be drugs and what, so, you know, what he does. <laughs> on my wedding day, one of my, one of my friends kept offering me Valium because she, because, because she knew I, they, they knew that I was really high strung. Yeah. And these kind of situations where you're walking down the aisle in a big dress in front of 80 people are very terrifying um so yeah i i got an i had an offering of valium and a shot of um tequila um do you want to tell people how that went for you so i didn't i didn't do the valium and the shot of tequila um i was entirely fine the like the entire day getting my hair done getting my dress on taking all the pre-wedding photos all that kind of thing i get to the top of the stairs and i have the worst panic attack of my life i'm like no i can't do this i can't do this i can't do this my wedding party talks me down a little bit and bless the wedding coordinator is like, no, this is fine. I've seen people go through this a million times. It's going to be fine at the end. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's do this. The doors open. A string quartet version of Bling, uh, of Josie by Blink-182 begins to play. And the panic attack comes back. And I am trying to smile through this panic attack. And the photos, the photos, people say I just look really excited. And I'm like, no, I look horrified. 
Yeah, that one photo you did send of me though was like I could relate to that smile. Like I have smiled through that shit before. I was like, I was like crying because I was so overwhelmed. I'm trying not to hyperventilate and pass out, but I am also aware that there is a camera in front of me and I'm trying to smile and I look psychotic. (laughs) I will wish you had the Valium. I wish for many, many things that day. I I I keep saying to Jason, I'm like, I just wanted to pull over. We could have just gone to the pub. We could have just, <laughs> could just gone to the pub. Could have gone right, to the, the day, string the, into the pub. The day was beautiful. I get to laugh about this story. Those photos are my favorite. I share them with everybody. I, them. I will if anybody asks, I will put a photo up of me having this panic attack in my wedding dress. Up on the no, up on the got this. Up, <laughs> up on the Twitter. We got this. We're gonna do it. Oh, that story always cracks me up because I'm just like, that's gonna be me when I get married. <laughs> I was just, I was, I was in another plane. I blacked out because, <laughs> like, I, I remember like getting to the doors and the doors opening up, and then I remember getting to the end of the aisle that's and it. I celebrate going, "We're here for Adelaide and Jason," and I go, "Who? Oh fuck, you're here." <laughs> <laughs> and my husband's like, "Yeah." What did you expect? I'm like, I'm coming to terms with the fact I'm now getting married. Um, don't don't have up. a big wedding. Don't have a big wedding, kids. Just go to the pub. Just elope and go to the pub. Oh, <laughs> it's so much easier. My sister did. Oh, I'd love to do that. Um, <laughs> so the moral of the story is have a Valium. If it's yeah, the moral of the story is have a Valium if offered. Um, and Sugi does actually end up taking the Valium because... Mm-hmm. Um, Jason doesn't know. Jason rocks up at work. Yeah. And he's coming off the V. He's sweaty and he's nervous and all this kind of stuff. Disgusting. And people are like, why are you here? And he's like, why wouldn't I be? I work Um, here. (laughs) And then then it is implied that Lafayette and Renee tell Jason Uh, that his grandmother. Hoyt, that's right. Yeah. That his his grandmother has died. Yeah. And this is where one of the trigger warnings comes up. If you are not a fan of domestic abuse, if that brings up memories or anything like that, you'll need to skip ahead. Skip skip ahead a couple of minutes and find out where we are then. Yeah. Um, this is your official warning. Um, Jason pulls up, slams open this door, storms upstairs. People are gossiping and whispering and whatnot. Uh, and then slaps Suki. Like... Good impact slap. Fucking so damn hard. Um, to the point where like she gets up to talk to Jason, Jason slaps her and she falls back on the bed. Yeah. Um, and he's going, It's your fault she's dead. You're fucking a fa- you're a fucking fang banger. Um, all this kind of stuff. And Tara Oh yeah. Storges. Tara, Tara, the wild eyes start. Um, and she's like, Get out. You need to get you yeah, need to get, get out. out. You are not welcome. Um I hated it and I hate the fact they put it in there. Mm. Um, I can understand that you know, getting angry and being violent can be a part of grieving. Um, but don't don't hit people. No. Keep your hands to yourself. Oh, that's like when my Hands niece, in pockets. When my niece is uh fighting, I'm like, hands to yourself. Hands to yourself. Yeah, hands in pockets. Don't touch people as without my, their consent. As as my mother would say when we were walking through um anywhere with very breakable things, she'd be like, hands in pockets, and I'd be like, yes, mum. My grammar would be, look with your eyes, not with your fingers. Yes. <laughs> so I say that to adults. Yeah, me too. Motherfuckers. Uh, when Jason 
bursts back outside. Andy, you know, bails him up and asks, you know, where the hell were you last night? And people are gathering on the porch to watch. Uh, When Jason realizes that Andy's accusing him of murdering his grandmother, he shoves him into his truck uh, super powerfully. Um, Obviously, because the effects of V. Because of V. Yeah. Um, So the gossiping resumes downstairs and Tara comes down to run everybody off and even tells Sam that includes you. Yeah. Uh, Tara Tara's answering the circus. She says, "You're a good friend. Now get the fuck out." Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> okay. uh, Tara and Lafayette are uh, eating leftovers downstairs while Suki rests upstairs. We- Lafayette makes one of the best one of the best comments oh. about the food. You can tell he's he's talking about how you can tell when somebody makes it out of love. You can feel the yeah. love in it. Whereas, like all of these, what was it? These taste taste this it's like bad juju and she's he's like talking yeah. about the um the cornbread and tara's sitting there just eating it with him, just going tastes fine to me tastes right to me like, no this this bad juju she needs she needs love yeah. And yeah one of my love languages is feeding people yeah me too i actively make more food than is necessary because i'm like well what if somebody comes over or what if i need to, like a friend of mine um and her partner had a death in the family and the first thing i did was make a big old tray of mac and cheese Food, food is a love language. It's um, Calories my, are a love language. Yeah. When my partner comes to my house, I will learn how to cook something, especially for him. So I've done uh, I've done ramen. I've done from <sighs> scratch. I've done wontons from scratch. I've done, like, all these Jason, amazing curries from scratch. <laughs> Jason loves my um, shepherd's pie. Oh, I love shepherd's pie. Um, and I was making veal parmesan the other night. And I was, yeah. making, the tom- I was making the tomato sauce. And he's like, God, I can smell the garlic. I'm like, here, I just kind of tipped the jar in a bit. Garlic is a love language. Garlic's a love language. Yeah, you measure you measure garlic with your heart. Yeah. You measure any spices with your heart. You do. Don't be afraid of spice, people. Um sorry, I'm I'm itchy. Uh so uh, it cuts to a scene where Suki is woken up by hands around her throat, strangling her. She cries mm-hmm. out for Bill, who wakes up in his underground hidey hole hearing her. But he can't come because it's still daylight. This is uh, really cool because we discover that the daylight hours actually make it near impossible for vampires to move. Yeah, they there's there's a scene later, uh, very much later in the um, in the series where uh, Eric says to somebody, "I'm supposed to be dead during daylight." Yeah, and that's basically what it is. They are dead, dead yeah. to the world, because he's yeah pinned in the ground in his hidey hole, like pinned to the ground. Yeah, he's um, acutely aware that yeah. he can't get up and do this, and if he does, he gets the bleeds, which are an entirely different, th- uh, which are which is something we will discuss later. When it happens, yeah. Yes. So when the sun finally sets, he busts out of his hidey hole, runs into her house, runs upstairs, and is shaking her. Um, she wakes uh, up. She's completely fine. Take a shot every time Bill says Suki. Oh, because it's about seven times, isn't it? Suki, 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 Suki. And I'm like, dude, she's not waking up. Either she's dead or asleep. Bugger off. She's asleep. Thank but God I've got here, I've got here, Suki has a nightmare so stressful that Bill can feel it and wakes up from the literal dead. My <laughs> husband would sleep through a stampede of elephants. <laughs> yeah. And I was, he was snoring last night and sort of, I'd been having a rough night's sleep and I like, I woke up and I'm like, Jason, Jason, Jason. 
Jason! And he's like, and I have to slap him on the bum to wake him up. He's like asleep on his stomach. He's out like a light. I'm like slapping him on the bum. And he's like, and I'm like, you're snoring. Roll over. Shut up. And he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. And I'm like, it's fine. Just shut up. Say, I'm the snorer. Uh, I, I, I snore in the car because my head tips back, my mouth goes open and I sound like I'm choking on my tongue. (laughs) It's just, I have sinus problems and I can't breathe properly and. I just can't sleep properly. So Jason, Jason's snoring just like, I, like, I think I'd finally just kind of started dozing off and then all of a sudden I just hear. (laughs) No, you don't. No, you fucking don't. (laughs) I will suffocate you, man. Um. So Bill tells Suki to go back to sleep and he mm-hmm. tells uh, Lafayette and Tara that he'll, he promises that he'll watch over her. So he stands out on the lawn like a gentleman with a bottle of true blood and just watches the house. And the dog that we've seen around the, around the yeah, shop. Everywhere. Just comes and just, just next to comes him. and hangs out. It's very cute. Yeah. I love that. I love that dog so much. Yeah. He's, he's, he's good. He's a good one. What is she? Does she name him? I think she names him in the. She names him Dean in the book. Yeah, she names him. She names him Dean in the series as well. Oh, okay, cool. I wasn't um, sure. Yeah, she like climbs in. She's the the dog is like waiting there and um, comes into the house with her and like he's on the bed and she's like, oh, what are we gonna name you? I'll name you Dean. <laughs> yeah, that's how she does it in the book as well. It's really cool. Uh, Tara says to Lafayette, do you think uh, they're talking about vampires? They're capable of loving a person. And Lafayette says, who knows what they're capable of? Because Tara's looking out the window at yeah, Bill just while Bill. Bill is just watching the house. He looks so casual just hanging out on the... It reminds me, he would fit in at a barbecue with the bottle yeah. and just hanging out. like Just chilling. Just, you know, 7 o'clock at night, everybody's grilling something. There's there's Bill with the true blood and everybody else has got beers. That's That's yeah. exactly what it looks like. Even the stance where he's like, kind of looks like he's got a hand in a pocket, just chilling yeah, out. Yeah, he's, he's, you know, they're, they're about to start discussing steaks or cars uh, or something. Steaks, S-T-A-K-E-S or S-T-A-K-E-S? Oh! We're funny. We're clever. It's why, it's why you stick around for the, uh, the uh, podcast because of the all jokes. of the, the bants, the witty bants. <laughs> um, the, the, the next part is not so witty bants. It's really horrible and sad. So uh, we're at Adele's funeral the next day at the cemetery, which separates Bill and Suki's homes. And Jason sits next to Suki and the town people are listening into the pastor. I'm not too sure what religion they are. So priest, pastor. I would say they'd be like Southern Baptist or something like that. Yeah. Uh, So Suki sees an elderly man being wheeled up by Jason. It's her Uncle Bartlett. Fuck that guy. Suki asks, what is he doing there? He hasn't been part of the family for a long time. And Jason says, give her a break. Give him a break. Him a um, break. He was her brother. Uh, I've got a note here saying, Jason is sweating like a sinner in the front row at church. <laughs> he absolutely is. <laughs> um, so I, I have this, I have this like thing here. We've spoken about this off mic because we are both two people who are interested in death and death culture. Yeah. Um, I hate traditional funeral culture. Oh, Yuck. If and like I get that this is how Suki I've got here I get that this is how Suki thinks her grandmother would like her funeral to be, mm. um, and they've probably discussed it before because Adele was older. Um, discuss your death plans with people. Yes, people. doesn't matter how. Um, other, yeah, otherwise you're gonna end up you know cremated when you want to be in a casket or whatever. Vice versa. Yeah. Um, but like if it was me, and again we've discussed this, I want all my organs donated. 
throw me in a bog to decompose for science and go to the pub. Yeah, that's it. It's it's if we're gonna you're gonna listen to old emo music and you're gonna drink an inappropriate amount of cocktails. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to be five thousand dollar funeral insurance on doing something with your family instead of a ridiculous funeral. Yeah, and especially in places where stuff like water acclim- uh, water acclimation, I think oh, that's called the water cremation. cremation. Yeah, yeah, I want that. Um, or body farms. There's a body farm in Yarramundi near Sydney. If not, that's um, where I'll be going. Yeah, where you can actually donate your body and um, it'll be studied for science. Yeah, you can find natural burials where you're just buried in. Be careful Muslim. with that, because in Australia, it's only reserved for Islam. Ah, there you go. Yeah, um, but like specific religious purposes. I really hope yeah. they offer it up because just I would chuck love me it. in some cool coloured fabric and chuck me in a hole. Yeah, um, and then there's like other things where you can. I know in the states you can be buried in national parks to actually yeah. preserve sections of the natural in the national park. Mm, I um, so you can um, also have a pew p e w um, uh, like a sorry a pyre cremation where they yes. put you on a massive, like, stone pyre and set you on fire with, like, obviously nice-smelling herbs and shit. And yeah. I'm like, yes! Also, so, do it somewhere where there's vultures so the vultures can come in. Yes. Um, be the only The only thing about cremation and fire burials is that they aren't super great for the environment. Yeah. Yes. Um, because you are burning away. Um, yeah. All yeah, like toxic gases and shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, make your death plans loud and clear. And if traditional funeral services aren't your jam, look into what's available in your area. Again, Caitlin mm. Doherty, um, who I've spoken about on this previous uh, on the podcast previously, has a whole bunch of stuff about how you can plan your death plan. You can talk to people about it, bring it up with your family. Because if yeah. you're not as openly into death and death culture like we are, um, <laughs> it can be a hard. It can be a. It can be a hard conversation. Also, you do not need to be embalmed. It is no. a service that they use to get as much money out of you as possible. Therefore, you, you, if you're going to be cremated, don't get embalmed. I don't think they offer embalming for cremations. Yeah, but they do. I if think, you're having an open oh, casket. Oh, there you go. No, no, don't don't want to be embalmed. I don't need my organs are going to be all replaced. Like like my organs are going to be harvested. Cotton what wool. do I need to replace it for? Uh, they just stu- they literally stuck cotton like cotton wool into your stomach. That's fine. It'll be the thinnest I've ever been in years. <laughs> Silver lining, friends. Death Stuff is me the full ultimate. Of Death is the ultimate weight loss plan. Um, <laughs> oh, God. That um, means all I, my baggage is gone as well. Yeah, exactly. All of my emotional oh, yeah. baggage, all of the trauma, all that's gone. Mwah, beautiful. beautiful. Can't wait for it. Um, back at the funeral. <laughs> back at the funeral. The the flower-decorated Confederacy flag is a, is a thing. It's interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting choice. Um, but I really feel for Suki in this because yeah. she's so traumatised by what happened and her, like, her barriers are down like her barriers are, are, are not another yeah. thing she's doing she hears everybody at the um at the funeral blaming her for adele's death and yeah. how it should have been her and how she shouldn't be screwing around with vampires or whatever and Suki just goes shut up shut the fuck up and then i loved runs. that i fucking love that so much i'd 100 do that i'd be like all right y'all need to fuck off shut the fuck yeah. up and listen i love that um me not being a confrontational person <laughs> But also, uh, Letty May is at the funeral a little bit drunk and she gets up to say something. And I literally thought she was going to get up and say something really fucked up. 
about Adele, but she actually gets up and praises this woman for doing the job that she couldn't. Yeah, it's it's short and it's sweet and it kind of acknowledges what she's going through, but it praises yeah. what Adele did for Tara. She goes, you know, she raised my daughter. She was a mum to my daughter when I couldn't have been. Yeah. Um, and while it probably wasn't the most appropriate thing, Time. it is nice <laughs> to like Letty May's acknowledge like eulogy is quite touching. Yeah, I actually Unless you're Tara. Unless you're Tara, who was just like, oh for fuck's sake, don't be doing Mama, that. No. Don't do that. I love Lafayette's suit in this scene as well. He he has some nice suits. He and the thing is, like, obviously there's not a lot of occasions that you'd wear a suit in the South because it's so fucking hot. Yeah. Um, but, but he dresses he up. He wears great. a three-piece. Yeah, he looks awesome. He wears a, it's a proper three-piece. Mm-hmm. Um so Jason runs after Suki, and you and I are gonna have you and I are gonna agree on this. Oh yeah. Uh Suki is confronting Jason about Uncle Bartlett showing up and all this kind of thing. And Jason drops the, but we're family. I want uh, to punch him. I want yeah. to punch him. Family means so, nothing. Doesn't mean nothing. You get to pick your family. Do not feel exactly. obligated to stick around if they are toxic, if their behaviour is dangerous, if they make you feel alienated, if they're abusive. Um, if there is anything about your family that makes you feel uncomfortable and you can't discuss it with them and get them to change this behaviour, leave them behind. See you fucking later. Family, family, heaps. yeah, family is not blood. It yeah. can be. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, my my Jason's cousin, who is I consider one of my sister-in-laws, her and her sister are best friends. Yeah. Um, but I I don't have a family. Like, I've, I say that, like, I've got cousins and stuff like yeah. that, but I don't talk to my blood relatives all that often. Mm. Um, I've cut off each of mine. Yeah, and that's just as sometimes a decision you have to make. It can suck. Oh, yeah. It can be really, really hard to walk away from what you've known as family. Yeah. But I have Kat. I have my best friend Amy. I have, like, I have this, I've curated a family. Yeah. And like it, like like an art, like a like a like an art gallery. I have curated. <laughs> I have curated <laughs> this this beautiful gathering of people who tolerate my bullshit and aren't afraid to call me out on it. So I love you guys. Oh, you're so sweet. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Everybody listening to the podcast, shut up. Don't, don't tell even, anyone. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Um. So. This is also another section where we're definitely throwing up a content warning. Um, yeah. This is an allusion to sexual ch- uh, child sexual abuse. And I will actually just discuss a little bit about what happens in the book and stuff. Um, yep. Again, if this if this is triggering, brings up bad memories, it's just not something you're interested in, skip ahead a couple of, yeah, skip ahead a couple of minutes. It won't be long because I don't like talking about this stuff. Um, nope, it's not pleasant. We don't like talking about it. I really want to start talking about the devil, so. Yeah, this is just really important for for the next couple of episodes. Yeah. Um, So Suki basically throws Jason's comment about family forgives each other back in his face, saying that um, she says they have nothing. Nothing. Uh, Because what uh, the problem with Uncle Bartlett is, is that um, uh, a lot of people didn't believe what Uncle Bartlett had done to Suki. And so in this conversation between Jason and Suki um Jason thinks that she's making things up and always has Mm. and it's and it's her grandma 
that is the only one who ever believed her. She literally just sent Bartlett away and was like, I don't want anything to do with you. You're not welcome in my home. And and Jason does say that in this part where he's like, I don't know what happened. She just stopped talking to him. Yeah, he, as far as I remember, he just disavows it entirely. He's like, yeah. it's got nothing, it had nothing to do with me. You're making up some pretty wild stories and Adele just got rid of, like Adele just stopped talking to him. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, it doesn't get discussed in the this episode. It does get yeah. discussed in the second in the next episode. And I kind of want to bring up that she goes, it's not nearly as bad as what happened to others. Oh, I hate that. I have rational I've rationalized that. Yeah. Your feelings are not invalid. Absolutely. Your suffering is not diminished because somebody has it worse. Yeah. Um and there was a meow at my door. Um, <laughs> Hello. And yeah, like it's it's it, we'll discuss it again next uh, episode. But yeah. trying to rationalize, it's not nearly as bad as what happens to others. Your feelings are as valid as everybody else's. Yeah. Um, just because something didn't happen to you that was terrible, that well, you consider oh, terrible, you consider doesn't terrible. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't mean it wasn't terrible. I've been there. I spent fifteen years of my life there. Like, yeah, oh, same. well, like. Other kids had it worse than me. Yeah, same. Um, and I still do it. I'm like, okay, that wasn't ne- like my, my childhood wasn't nearly as bad as everybody else's, but I'm aware that like now because I have the glory of 2020 vision and hindsight, yeah, um, <laughs> that the things that happened to me were not okay. Absolutely, absolutely not. Um, yeah. So that's 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 that discussion. That's our PSA. Um, and it will come up again next week as well because they do sort of talk about it and it does relate to the episode um but that that was that let's talk about the devil oh yes so do you want to get started into this conversation which i find really interesting because next episode i love 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 yes next episode is amazing it's such a narc tactic yeah she letty letty so letty may is telling tara that she has a demon inside of her, and that's what's causing her alcoholism. It's not it's not Letty May's fault, it's the demon's fault. And addiction addiction is the devil of a thing. Addiction is mm. one of the hardest things you will ever over, ever overcome. Um, but the way that Letty May is saying it is that she's not taking any responsibility for what happened. Yeah. Um Tara says, you know, the last time I saw you, you hit me with a bottle. Yeah. And Letty May's like yeah, Letty May is like, I'm so sorry that happened. Um, that was the demon in me. It's not. It's not her fault. She's an alcoholic. It's the devil. It's this demon. Mm. Um, I hate it. I hate it so much. It yeah. gets real good next episode, but I hate yeah. it so much right now because Tara gets sympathetic for it. Yeah, of course. And you know, as a child of a drug addicted parent, it is hard not to forgive them. Yeah. And again, it goes back to this thing about family. Like Jason says, you know, family forgives each other, and that's kind of what Tara does. Yeah, and Tara's in. A and position, she continues to do it. Yeah, I feel like Tara might be an only child as well, and so she might feel this obligation as the only child to be the person that constantly gives her mother second chances. Feel it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it hits so close to home. I was like, yeah. oh, 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 lord, oh. <laughs> Um, we go back to Sookie's house. Uh, She's... Before that. Before um, that. Yeah, because we see Jason um, in his truck and he takes uh, yes. out another square of V, throws it out the window and then thinks twice and gets out to look for it. But uh, he can't find it. 
So addict behavior. Drug behavior. Yeah. Yes. And look, addiction is a really fucking horrible. I've been there. It is horrible. Um, I had an opioid addiction. Um, luckily, it didn't get to the point where I needed to seek intervention. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, it is. It's sneaky. It's aggressive. It's and it hides and it hides it you does. from others. So, and it's the same. And I think in COVID, it's really important to remember that you know we we coped with last year by with a lot of alcohol. I know I, I did. Don't drink. Um, I did drink for the first couple of weeks of lockdown, and then I was like, I can't do this because um, alcohol's too sweet for me. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed the behaviors. Yes. So I I I tend to have this. I'm remiss to call it an addiction. I have a problem. Yeah. Um, but I am self aware enough of it to know that I need to stop when I can. And it's the same. It's the same with yeah. opioids and stuff like that. If I rely on them too heavily, I start slipping into that habit. Yeah. Um, that's just the shitty thing about chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like last year, it was. I was dealing with a lot of the depression from an immediate lockdown. And like, I joke about being a, a, a shut in and like this lockdown's not too bad. Cause I don't have all that much to do, but yeah. there was a lot that I wanted to do last year. And I coped with that with alcohol. Yeah. Um, and you know, you put things back in the fridge or you hide drugs from yourself knowing where they are. And you're like, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. But Jason is very much referring to that hair of the dog that bit me yeah he just needs that next hit to get through it that I next just need a little bit I just need a little bit of help yeah I just I just need that extra little, and instead of going to someone for help because he is having this withdrawal that he's not coping with he decides to cope with it with more drugs yeah and you know we we see a lot of this addict behavior throughout the rest of this episode and uh, this episode and next episode so yes Maybe we should add in a content warning at the beginning of the episode for addiction as well. Yes. I might put it in the show notes. <laughs> yes. Um, so Suki is watching Adele's coffin as it's lowered into the ground and Sam <sighs> joins her. Uh, he says he liked the part of her speech where she told the whole town to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like same. I can't I like, say. You know yeah. I can get, I get behind that same cheese. I can get behind that. So he walks her home and at her house suggests that she takes a bath and he'll find her a movie to watch. But she says, uh, I just need to be alone. Um, so he walks away and runs into Tara coming up the driveway and neither of them want to be alone. So they together. I hate this part where Sam's like, you go run a bath and I'll find us a movie to watch. Um, and then he jokes about it being a romantic comedy. He's done something nice and I get that he's trying to make a joke to make her feel better. But yeah. considering at the beginning of the episode, he was talking about how soft her skin is and how remorseful he feels and how it's he just really like, just wants to get into her pants. When he does something nice, it is met by something equally, like, frustrating. <laughs> Newton, Newton's law of toxic- toxicity. Yeah. yeah. Any good action is repelled by equal or opposite fucking... Toxic reaction. Toxic. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, leave her alone, dude. Like, But I like that he respects her enough to leave and is like, okay. See As ya. opposed to calling her an idiot. Uh, which is, you know, a nice change from the last interaction. Yeah, exactly. The episode before. Um, so in her kitchen, this is a scene that fucking broke me. Yep. Um, so Suki takes out her grandmother's pecan pie and as pie she looks starts good. to eat, oh, it looks so fucking good. Um, she is absolutely fucking crying her eyes out. She and, is destroyed. Yeah. 
And this is like, this is really symbolic of her letting go and coming to yes. terms with the fact that it's lost. Now, now this pecan pie is very symbolic throughout the whole of the episode, right? So we have Maxine Fortenberry, who, who you just know, wanted to throw it out. I think she was just moving it around, but Sookie well, is she's like, got it, she's I don't got it trust taken you. Out. Yeah, give me that. But then in her, when Lafayette and Tara put like take her to her room. Um, she actually hands it over to Lafayette and says, can you put this in the fridge for me? And, and Lafayette that, says that he'll guard it with his life. Yeah. And so that is so symbolic of the trust that Suki has for her friends. And yes. She doesn't trust anybody else. Nobody else. And then, um, you know, Lafayette is obviously very caring of Adele and of Suki and her, you know, very respectful towards their home. And mm-hmm. so Suki's like, put this away for me. And then her eating it at the end is just like, that is that final steps in that accepting that my grandmother has died stage. It's the clo- it's it's the starting of closure. Yeah. Um, and while, you know, it might not happen immediately, this was an important step. It was a big bite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of her accepting the fact that Gran's not coming back. This is the last thing she might eat that, you know, Adele ever made. Yeah. Um. And she sort of takes her time to savour it and wallow in it, I think, is a really yeah. good expression to do it. Yeah. Because, again, wallowing in your sadness can be unhealthy, but I think when you're grieving, you need to be able to just let what happens and what comes come. Yeah. Um, you know, again, there are times when you might not feel like grieving. You might not feel like outwardly crying or anything like that. And then there are times you want to sit in the bottom of the shower with a cocktail and just cry your eyes out. And that's totally fine. I just yeah. I just found how interesting like that pecan pie symbol was throughout that episode. It's, like it's, it's so important. It is. It's it like looks like a damn good pie. And then there's, you know, this thing where Lafayette's talking about food made with love. And yes. you know, like there's this real big Food thing is about the kind it. of theme as well. Yeah. And it's really nice. And I was just like, oh, I wish my nan made pecan pie. Uh, I want to learn how to make apple pie, but I also suck at doing um, pie from like pie pastry from scratch. Oh, I am the queen of apple pie. <laughs> I so will have to teach lockdown, you. <laughs> one, once lockdown's done, I will come over pie? and teach you. I can make it from scratch. That yes. just reminded me of the line where one of the characters is like, I want you to taste my biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Again, food coming up. It was it, it was meant to be like this metaphor for sex, and she's like, I just want you to taste my biscuits. That's my favourite thing. Yeah. I love that there's like a running theme throughout every episode. We've got, you know, um, symbolism in this one with the with food and then safety. And it's really cool how they're able to bring, like, tie it all together with like a thread that's just like, here we go. This all goes together now. Absolutely. Um, yes. So, so I, I hate this. So the next scene is uh, Tara taking Sam home. Yes, and she's, she uh, lives at a, a motel. Yes. Um, Sam going straight to Suki, uh, straight to Tara after being rejected by Suki. Poor Tara. Yeah. But she doesn't mind to be second place. Well, it's kind of funny because Tara doesn't really know it. Yeah. She doesn't She doesn't know that, like, you know, they, they were going on a date or whatever, or she may have acknowledged it when um, they so were at the... It. Yeah. Yeah, whether the Descendants of Glory is dead. But, like... Sam and Tara are kind of this on again, off again thing for a long while. Yeah. Um, and Tara just gets the worst end of it. Yeah. But also she's, I like she's a how she does it too. Yes. She gives <laughs> she gives Sam as much as he deserves. Um, yeah. but she's kind of this placeholder in Sam's life. Yeah. 
for something better. Like, I'll see yeah, she she's, might come around. Yeah, she's a warm body that's just meant to be there until Suki finally realizes who she's meant to be with. Yeah, big old, big old nope on that one. Yeah. Big old yikesy. Because this is cutting through, cutting between like a few different scenes that are going on. Um, so back at home, Suki is getting ready for bed. Um, you know, she looks pretty fucking sad. She's not getting ready for her bed. No. Uh, but she puts on a beautiful, uh, I don't like know if you've noticed this. negligee thing. All she wears through this entire episode is white. It is. Oh, except for the funeral, she wears black. Ex- yeah. I love it. Yes. Um, so Suki is getting ready. She's putting on this beautiful negligee. Uh, and she's looking out the window and it cuts to a sunset. We know what she's going to do. We know. We know. We know. Um, I have this big thing here that says Bill has his ears pierced. <laughs> what? Does he? So, so it, cuts to, it cuts to Bill walking out the front and they close up on his face. Yeah. And you can actually see when it closes up on his face, he's got like a, a hole in his ear. Oh, no way. Um, and so that Stephen was, Moyer has his ear pierced. Apparently, uh, that yeah. was the thing that I picked up on. Oh, okay. Um, not not the symbolism. Scene. Yeah, not the symbolism of them running together because they're drawn to each other. Uh, it's the fact that Stephen Moyer has his ears pierced. ear pierced. Nice. Look, that um, is a detail I did not pick up on. So that's why so, you're here. <laughs> so I have here as well. So he goes from mourning her grandmother to affirming the fuck out of her life. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's taking control of this. But this is also, like, another part of grieving where yes. it's, like, I don't know. She's, yeah, it is it is very you've never you've, you've never wanted to sad fuck something? <laughs> you've got hate fucking. Why can't you have sad fucking? She is sad fucking. <laughs> um, so they're, like, sucking runs out the front door. and she's a beautiful she scene. Motors. Yeah, it is. She slams open the door. She runs down the front steps and she's running down the, the dirt uh, road to the cemetery Bill walks out with his unpierced ears or his pierced unjewelled ears um, and is like looking for her. He can feel her coming yeah. to him. And then they meet in the field outside of Bill's house and they like sort of touch each other a little bit and then it's all kissing. It's all kissing. It's all kissing. It's actually and a really nice scene. I really like I'm making, it. I'm making groping hands. At it's like, that. she's like, please ignore me. It's like, it's like when you, yeah, it's like when you grab boobies. Yeah. Booby grabbing. Booby grabbing. Um, grabbing. At the same time, we see Tara and Sam finish up their rendezvous. And then Tara just gets out of bed, dresses, and says she has to go. So I love it. She's like, bye. Well, the thing is, right, She freaks. she's sort of freaking out about the intimacy, yes. but the thing that's happening in the, the motel room next door is there are two people who have been fighting yeah. and they're forgiving each other. Um... And they're like, oh, baby, you know, I can't live without you. I need you, blah, 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 blah. And this triggers Tara to go home to her mother. Yeah. Um, and, again, it's that thing of forgiveness. Like I, I, an only child or a child of uh, an abusive parent sort of has that need to see the best in somebody um, and especially their parent. And it's just going back to forgive her and try yeah. one more time. She just wants it's one last chance and it's always one last chance. Yeah. Um, no matter how many chances you give it, it's always, this is the last one. I'm not going back into this. Um, but she just wants that last attempt to see if she can get the mother that she deserved. Yeah. And that's totally, I think that's okay. If you do that. 
but you've got to be prepared for consequences if it doesn't go the way you think it will. Yeah, you've 100% got to be ready to acknowledge that, you know, addicts and narcissists and abusive parents, they often don't change. It's very rare that somebody changes from a situation like that. Yeah. Um, but again, it's that abusive behavior of going back to somebody. And yeah. it's not it's not just, you know, children of abusive parents. It's abusive lovers and stuff like oh, that. Like everybody goes back. Yeah. Our nature is to see the best in somebody. And we yeah. want to be able to bring that out in somebody. So And that's why Tara's gonna help her mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason is having a breakdown while having sex. Uh, yeah. Um, so he's been reverse cowboyed by uh, Randy Sue, who's saying that she loves him. Yeah, she's. he must be real good in bed or he's got like a magic dick or something like that. I would wonder how, how quickly his dick can get back into action after being needled. Look, it's been like only three days or something. <laughs> the V helped. Yeah, the um, V repaired his penis. Yeah, she's sitting there being like, I love you, I love you. And he is having a breakdown. He is crying. Well, he was Um, doing what he thought would help fix the damage or help him distract himself. And he discusses that later as well. Yeah. In another episode in another season. Yes. It's Um, it's really sad to see because, you know, you want Jason to be a good person, but you know he's just a dickhead. Oh, it's the worst. It's hard to empathize. Um, so then we cut to Bill and Sookie and I start going, why is this the most normal looking sex and somehow still the worst looking sex? They're kissing <laughs> so awkwardly. It's because his mouth is like stone. Remember, he's a vampire. Doesn't mean he's got that much Botox. Oh, I don't know how it works. Oh, but yeah, so they're having, Sookie, Sookie is having her first time, basically. Yes. It is um, her first time doing the sex. Well, what she considers to be, she does says, and she does say in the next episode, she's having the most one of the most important experiences in a young in a girl's life. Yeah, which I don't, uh, she, I don't hold much to that. So no, I'm I'm not about puritanical culture, but I can no. understand that. <laughs> um, you know, if she's being raised a Southern Baptist or something yeah. like that, again, she's been wearing symbolic. white throughout the whole episode. She's meant to be this symbol of virtue and. Mm and purity and stuff like that. So she has chosen Bill to be the one that she shares this experience with. Um, like if my daughter came to me and was like, mom, I'm going to have sex for the first time. I'd be like, cool. Let's just make sure like we're taking some precautions. We need some condoms, like birth control. Like, Yeah. Do, do, what what birth STD control do you want? Checks. Do you want, yeah. Do you, do you, do you want the pill? Do you want the shot? Do you want do you an want? IUD? Do you want the rod? Like let's, let's, let's talk, talk about, about this. And I think, that is also another important conversation to have. That is an entirely different podcast. That's like the sixth yep. podcast we have to make. Yeah. Parenting um, without being a parent. Yeah. What we We're learned so from absent parents. Pa- what we learned from absentee and neglectful parents. Actually, I'm, I was raised by my grandmother. And when I got to the age, like sexual um, activity age, I was put on birth control. Because my grandma's like, I don't know if you're having sex or not, but we're going to put you on birth control. <laughs> I was put on birth control really, really early, like I'm saying, like 13, 14. Wow. Um, as a control 15. for migraines. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, because I was getting puberty started and mm. the hormones were like, rolled, bang! and I was getting horrible, like hormonal migraines. Oh, well, that's horrible. Um, My sister so gets they away. were like, so they were like, right, we're going to put you on just like a generic pill and see how it goes. And that was yeah. what I was on for like 10 years. Mm. Um, and I kind of come from, I, I can see Suki's reservations about having sex. Um, yeah. well, I, I'm in religious culture. 
they put such this massive importance on it. And I feel like even non-religious people do it and it's so weird. Yeah, and again, with everything that we've discussed earlier, content wanting child abuse, sexual assault, um, coming from something like that, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to do it again. It's been. It all of it is a triggering experience, and that's what mm. it was like for me. Um, I lost my virginity to my rapist. Oh, I'm so sorry. It happened. It was a thing. My experiences aren't as bad as everyone else's. Ah, um, none of no. that. <laughs> nope. We're cutting that um, out right now. But, um, you know, I, I again wasn't interested in having an intimate experience with anybody for yeah, quite a number of years because mm. that was just such a triggering experience. Yeah. Um, but now I have somebody I can share that with and I know will keep me safe and comforted and all that kind of stuff. It's about being able to acknowledge that your experience doesn't define the entire experience. Yeah. And I definitely think that's what Suki's done. She's gone, okay, well, this is it's it. probably, it, yeah, it's probably still her in mourning. She is sad fucking the way out of everything. Yeah. Um, but if that's what triggers you to realize that it's not such a bad experience, then it's definitely worth doing with someone special. Yeah, and I kind of feel like Bill is that person. Like I said, Bill doesn't get on the Toximeter this episode. Or next episode. Uh, no, he does on next episode. I take that back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, but she's, she's, it's not so much that, like, we're glad that she does it with Bill, is that she's taken Bill into consideration because he came to her rescue and he is the sort of rock in her life. Yeah. Even when they aren't being, even when they aren't together, um, Bill still tries to put Sookie's thoughts and feelings and concerns as priority number one. He might yeah. not do it in the best of ways. No. But the thing is, Bill um, is consistent. Like, he is this person consistently. He's consistently shit. Except Sam is, like, uh, such a conflicting character because what he says, what he does, and what he thinks are three different things. Yeah, they all lead in entirely different directions. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, I can see why Sam is a shit person. Bill is just consistently shit. Yeah, I I hate feeling like Bill is the best part about her relationship, like this this triangle they've got going mm-hmm. on, um, because Sookie's being pulled in two very different ways. Yeah. And she's going to end up in either a shit pile or a garbage can. Either one. Either one. Rock in a hard place. <laughs> I'd rather be in the garbage can because at least there might be some rubbish that catches me. No, yeah. shit pile. Shit pile. I take it back. It'll be soft. It'll stink. <laughs> yeah, but... yeah, but like festering garbage is pretty stinky too. True. They probably um, stink as bad as each other. <laughs> I also have this note here that everyone is going back to things that aren't good for them. <laughs> Tara and Sam. Jason and Randy Sue. Uh Suki and Bill, Bill uh, just everybody. Well, not even Tara and Sam. Tara and her mum. Oh, that too. Because Gosh. Tara, after Tara leaves Sam, she gets dressed. She goes to Lady May's house, and this is where Lady May is drunk on the couch. Yeah. Uh, and Tara just climbs on the couch and has a cuddle with her, and it's this really touching moment where she's like, yeah. "I'm back, Mama," and it's yeah. it's really sad. Yeah, and this episode we see a lot of vulnerable Tara, which I kind of like. So yes. I think because she had such an emotional connection to Adele as well. She's not outwardly yeah. grieving or anything like that, but she's now lost someone she would consider her mother figure. And now that's brought her back to her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, vam- vampires must leave the worst ickies. Oh, yes. Because um, Sookie brings out the vampire in Bill. Let's get it on. Actually, let's know that the name of the song that is playing is called Half of You by Cat Power. I really liked it, so I had to mention it. 
Oh. So. I honest I honestly didn't take that much notice, so I'm gonna oh. have to go back and listen to it. <laughs> I was like, I really like this song. It's a really nice song. Um so Bill and Suki and I told you this word, Coitus Vampirus. Coitus Vampirus. Um mid Coitus Vampirus. Bill's fangs emerge and she pulls him closer to kiss her. As she does, she offers her neck and says she wants him to. As the episode closes out, Bill sinks his fangs into her neck. Finn. Again, worst worst hickey of your life. Oh, right. And then he would have drunk her blood as well. So Yeah. Do you, I, do, I why isn't there a bruise? Like when the fangs go in, like it's trauma to the skin. Why isn't there bruising? There is though. Is that? I thought it was when, just when you, Yeah, but like they're kind of like raised and red and stuff uh, like yeah, that. Okay. So it's it's it may just work like the same way dog bites or mosquitoes work because it's like the bacteria neutralizes the area. Um, I I don't know how to end this one. How what did you think of the episode? I really like this. As sad as it is, I really like this episode. It's really it's sad, and we see a lot of vulnerability in all of our characters, including Bill. Yeah. Definitely. Because he's putting aside a lot of his macho bullshit to look after Sookie, which would have been really hard for him because he's just, like we said, consistently shit. Yes. Uh, what about you? What did you think? I love the fact that the series is starting to ramp up. Yes. Um, the high the high risk of, or the, the really volatile move of killing Adele mm. would, have, would have suckered me in because I'm like, right, now I need to know who's done it. Who did this? Who did this? Um, and yeah, we learn again, more about the characters, more about how they process things. Um, I think it's just, it's just a really good episode. Yeah, it really Um, is. The next couple of episodes, the end of season one is really good. And I like when it transitions into season two, there's not a lot of exposition that needs to be set up. So we don't need those filler episodes to the transition into the transition into season two happens kind of early or kind of late in season one. Yeah. It's not necessarily a split between season one and season two. It is this really natural progression. Yeah, exactly. I like that. I like, And I think it does that between all of the seasons, except for the time jump season, which we, yeah. we will get into. <laughs> the, the time the time skip will happen and we will have thoughts and feelings. And I mean, things. there'll be lots of what the fuck, but that's fine. Um, oh, so, yeah, this episode um, was really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it evolves through, mm. like how how this is affecting others because I can't really verbalize why. Um, just because like there's there's such no I know what I want to say but it's hard to verbalize because yeah. this is such a a, a cataclysmic moment. Mm. Adele dying, she is a staple of the community. Um, it kind of gets everyone back into that state of readiness of the situation is dangerous. We are now in a dangerous time. Danger mode. Um, yeah. But it took the death of Adele to do that. There have been other sort of parts where it's like Arlene asking Sam to walk her to her car and stuff like that. But this is now uh, a, an elder in the community has been killed. A complete, she, what they consider going, innocent. What they yeah. would say is innocent. The other, the other women were just casualty fangbangers, sex workers. Yeah, they were de- they were deviant. It's definitely a juxtaposition between the quote unquote deviants, yeah, and the quote unquote pure. Yeah, absolutely. And now that they're overlapping, the town is going to absolutely self combust in the next couple of episodes, which is really it absolutely will, which I love. So next episode is Burning House of Love. I don't know why they call it that. I think I know, but I also have all my notes here. 
<laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Um, but yeah, Burning House of Love. Um, yeah. will be a big episode. Again, that one's going to have a, a child abuse trigger on it. So if you want to skip that one, because that kind of does circle, that's a big, a big it's element. A big one here. Um, yeah. But otherwise, we will see you in episode seven. Which is next week. Also, Lizzie Kaplan makes an appearance. So Janice Ian is going to be on next episode. Not in our episode, which she's in the episode. Um, We're good at ending these things. I don't know. Let's go. Um, Bye. Bye. (laughs)